and we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 170, 170, uh, aka season two, episode 38, uh, coming at you this Saturday morning. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with MC. And since this is your weekly call-in show, uh, for those who like to use the number rather than to drop in on us, uh, the numbers are 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. Uh, so what is going on with you this week, MC? Um, so what do you do when uh, some some manager at, a, at, at the restaurant steals tips? <laughs> i'm glad you brought that up um so yeah you, you you're asking because it happened to me uh we were talking about this during the pre-show um i i i'm i was at a quandary a little bit because i don't i don't really know the correct answer as far as you know the anarchist experience perspective right i know that in a in a free society in an anarchist society right if someone steals from you you go recover your stolen property, you know, by, by any means necessary, right. You know, or, or, or to the extent that it takes to reacquire the stolen goods. Um, so if a manager steals tips, uh, you, you take the money back. It's your money. You recover it that period. End of story. Um, the problem is for the, the servers at one of the restaurants that I work at is, um, you can't just steal it back because then they'll accuse you of stealing and they'll use the state, um, to come after you. So the, the, the only, the only solution that I could think of, you know, in the heat of the moment was, well, you have to use the state first, right? It's, it's an unfortunate situation, um, but it's, it's preventative, um, from having the state come after you, you know, like, you know, if, if the only way to get your money back is to then be considered a criminal and prosecuted by the state, well, then you, you have to, you know, strike first, uh, as it were, um. So last week, well, we could have talked about this on last week's show, but we got we got carried away in uh, in the other discussions. Uh, but last week, I, I I went into work, um, and I I uh, witnessed like a conversation between like the I don't even know what what level of management he is, like somewhere above general manager, but somewhere below like the CEO, like somewhere in that range as far as like management positions is concerned. Um, and he was having a, a conversation with one of the servers. Um, and so, you know, she was visibly upset afterwards and I don't want to get accused of like white knighting or anything like that, you know, but cause whatever, um, she was visibly upset afterwards. So I asked her like, you know, what was that all about? You know? And she said that there was a, a cash shortage in the register drawer, um, through some, like some confusion or whatever. Um, uh, and that the manager was going to like cut their tips in order to cover the cash shortage. Um, and I was like, he can't do that. Like that's. That's a blatant violation. That's, you know, not only is it wrong, uh, it's against the law. Like you can't just, it's, you can't do that. You can't do that. And you can get a lot of trouble for doing that. Um, so I, I, I told her this, um, and then I went and I, I found the law because the other thing that the restaurant did, um, was they took down the labor law posters like months ago. Um, and I, I pointed this out to the CEO months ago. Um, and it was never remedied. So like, well, okay, they don't care. They, they either don't know or don't care. Um, but it's not that big of a deal yet. Like I'm, I'm, that's a, like a back pocket item for me. Um, you know, if, and when they decide to, to do something stupid, I'm, 
coming down with with all sorts of hammers. Um, legally mandated, since I can't do things the quote-unquote right way. But I've had that one in my back pocket. So I went and found the law, um, and I told her, the server, um, and then I confronted the manager. I said, you know, hey, you know, you can't steal tips. Like, that's that's not yours for taking. You can't use it to cover register shortage. And then I pointed out the law to him. Like, I had my phone. I went, here's the law right there. You can't do it. Um, and I informed him that if I if I catch him doing it again, or if I hear about him doing it again, um, I'm I'm straight away informing the CEO of the company. Um, and I'm also going to call the, the tar- Department of Labor and maybe, you know, the Attorney General's office to see what can be done um, to, you know, to, to curb this behavior. And unfortunately there's like a language barrier because he's Japanese and natively speaks Japanese. So I'm, I'm saying these things and I think he gets the idea because he goes like, did you call yet? Like he was visibly nervous. Like, did you already, did you already? I'm like, no, I didn't, I didn't yet, but fix it. Right. You know, like make this right. And then don't ever let me catch you doing it again. And you know, if, if I hear about it, that's, what's going to happen. And then I inform the servers, you know, I don't like, they know like if, if they're not willing to call, um, and, and report you, right. All they got to do is tell me and I'll do it for them. Right. Like I, you know, uh, that's, I, I, I'm assuming that role and taking on that responsibility. Um, because man, you just don't mess with my money. And I don't like it when you mess with other people's money because you think you think you can get away with it because you think that they don't know what's really going on. And maybe they don't because you took down the posters that informs them of, you know, what their rights are and how the money gets handled. Right. You try to hide all this stuff from them. And, you know, I'm I'm a little bit more in tune, um, you know, because we, we've talked about on the show before, MC, like I'm a big fan of workers rights. Um, you know, when it comes to employer employee relations, I, you know, I, I fully, I fully respect the private property rights of the restaurant owners, uh, and any business owner and all of that. Um, but at the same time, you have to, you have to uphold your end of the agreement. Um, and, and, you know, being paid what getting, paying out what you agreed to pay out is part of that agreement. And when you don't do that, like that's when I draw the line, which is why I've walked off the line before um, when I when I found out that they, they weren't paying me what we agreed to until, you know, we went through that and we, we talked about that on the show. Uh, and now they're trying to do it to the servers. Um, and personally, I'm not I'm not about letting them get away with anything right now. So did I did I do the right thing? You know, would would using the state mechanism, you know, be a violation of anarchist principles? I want to say, yeah, but at the same time, you know, it's, if, if it's, if it's kill or be killed, um, I, 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 I'm looking at this more from like the end result of like getting the right thing done, which is preventing management from stealing employees money. Um, and if I, if, if the only safe way to do that is through the state where, you know, they, they're not then coming after me, then, you know, it's, it's a, it's a hard pill to swallow. It's it's along it's along the lines of people go like well if you're an anarchist don't call nine one one, right? Don't call an ambulance. Don't call a fire truck. Don't call the cops. It's like yeah, but there's, there's currently no one else left to call, right? And whereas whereas I would like to live in a world where I don't have to, right? It, where I could where I could call private security or private fire department or uh, private you know medical services, um, th- those options are not available to me, 
right? So it's it's a it's a hard pill to swallow, and yeah, it it feels a little dirty doing it, um, but they 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 leave us no other options, right? There's, there's how am I supposed to do the right thing if doing the right thing makes me the bad guy and puts the state on my ass, right? That's like that's well, the general thought that goes through my mind. I still think you came up to a pretty good solution. Uh, a threat, a threat was probably enough to stop it. Yeah. And I hope so, you know, that, that way I don't have to do it, but you know, and, and it's part of like just being in the right, right? Like, here's the law, dude. Like, how come, how come I know this and you're the manager and you don't know this, right? How, how come you think it's okay? You know, just because you don't understand English and haven't read the law and don't know what you're doing as a manager. Um, but little old me, Right, you know, so just he, the, so the cook the in the back, too, right? the manager. Oh yeah. yeah, he's also like a Japanese national. It's a Japanese. Like, I'm not saying that like it's a bad thing, but he's like he's not even he's not even from here. Um, so it's it's it, there's also language barrier. That's my point. It's not a racial thing. It's a language barrier thing too. But the CEO should definitely know, right? He's like he he's bilingual, but more not from Japan, as far as I know. He's a big old white dude. So hopefully, hopefully, yeah, hopefully the threat was enough and he doesn't do it. And hopefully I don't have to hear about it again um, or witness it. But I've, I've, you know, I've, I told that server and I told all the other servers, if he tries it again, you know, you, here's your recourse or call me um, and I'll handle the recourse for you because he can't do it. Like, I mean, he can because he did, but he's not allowed to. And there's definitely, you know, there's def- definitely remedy to be sought um, in some form or fashion uh, if he does it again. Wow. Well, there's there's about to be some noise in the house, I assume. Okay. So, do you want to finish this up later, or okay, or just, um, or just or just power through it? Well, I have to go to work later, so we can we if we if we if we don't power through it, I'm not sure when we can finish this up. It might end up being like this evening or maybe tomorrow, and I don't even know because I have I have tons of stuff to do this weekend. So we'll po- we'll power through it. Um, un- until it becomes unlistenable, and mm-hmm. and we're unable to like to to take care of it. Is that okay? Yeah. Or do you or do you need to go to handle your business around the no, house? No, I'm just I'm just sitting here with my shirt off, and and there's going to be people walking through the house and talking. So okay, not a big deal. Okay, unless it's a big deal for you. No, uh, we we got what like five listeners now. So hopefully hopefully they'll stand by us through next week's show. <laughs> so. <laughs> In other news, um, crypto market crashed down to six thousand dollars for Bitcoin, and everything else is lower. I saw a low of like fifty-eight something. Yeah. Well, I mean that was like the bottom of the bottom, but yeah. You know. So what? What do we do, MC? Time to buy. That's what everybody, I said. Everybody that was upset. That, that Bitcoin was at fifteen thousand. I said, "Man, I wish, it, you know, I should have bought when it was seven thousand. Well, yeah. <laughs> here's your now chance. It's seven thousand. Um, yeah, it could it could go to four thousand, but you, you don't, you know, just because it goes to four thousand doesn't mean you have to sell at that price. Yeah. So now is the you know good as time as ever to, to, to buy get, get into Bitcoin or or whatever else you want to. Um, I still think there should there could be some negative pressure um, uh, because. Mainly because people gamble. You know, a lot of people once they get into crypto, they keep their money in crypto, but they buy altcoins and stuff like that. So, one of them that I was upset about was uh, EOS token. Okay. And, uh, so EOS token 
kept going up and up and up and before their main net was even launched. So, you know, ten $10 billion cryptocurrency that, that didn't even really exist yet. It was just a token on, on the Ethereum exchange. Um, so when that happens, uh, you know, a lot of people that, uh, well, very few people that made the EOS tokens or invested in them early or whatever, um, they're holding on to them because they think it's going to be more important than Ethereum uh, and, you know, bigger market cap and all that stuff. Um, but, you know, these tokens are kind of created out of thin air. So not a whole lot went into it. I mean, a, a lot did, but maybe not $10 billion worth of a lot, you know? <laughs> yeah. People don't realize how much $10 billion is. <laughs> just, just look on it. It's like just a number on a, on a website, right? Um, and so because EOS started so high before it even really existed, um, you know, some of these, some of those people that had the tokens initially are, are going to, you know, want to splurge a little bit. You know, they're, right. they're super rich now. So, yeah, they're going to sell some of them and, uh, you know, go buy man- mansions and whatever else they, they want. Um, and they're going to do that by trading into Bitcoin and then trading those in for dollars. So so that that could cause, you know, a lot of pressure on, on Bitcoin and certainly on EOS. Um, so, yeah, that's that. Um, stay away from those alts until uh, until they prove themselves. And then, yeah, good luck. <laughs> so I've I've been. I've been doing my best to like um, dollar dollar cost average and just continuously buy in. So um, we, we talked about tip money earlier and you can call it tips for me. It's I get a, uh, at my other restaurant that I work at, I get a commission based on sales for working in the kitchen. So it's not exactly tips. It's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a pooled percentage of the sales that gets divvied amongst however many people were working in the kitchen that day or night. Um, and they pay that out. They tax it, unfortunately, but they pay it out in cash. So they, they give us cash, cash commissions, um, and then a smaller paycheck because the, the taxes for the cash commissions gets deducted from our paycheck later. Um, complicated, unnecessary, but that's how it works. Um, so what I've been doing is I've been, um, giving my cash commissions, uh, to M, um, and she's supposed to be like, uh, buying Bitcoin or Monero, whatever her, her choice on my behalf, right? Like that's, I just, I buy in weekly with however much money I can spare out of my, out of my commissions that week. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point it was like 8,000 and I was like, okay, just go buy some. Here's, here's, here's the, here's the cash, right? Go buy buy it however you buy it and then here's the cash to recoup it um and for a while she was like she wasn't buying it she was just taking my money i was like what do you mean you're just taking your money and she was like well mc has said it's going to come down to like four so i'm waiting for it to come down to like four i was like that was not your instructions (laughs) like i don't care if if it may or may not come down to four like I'm just buying in with little by little at a time with whatever the price happens to be at that time. Like I don't, um, I, I am less price sensitive than she is. Um, Mm -hmm. because I just, I'm, I am one of those like believers that I just don't want to be holding fiat. I don't want to be holding us dollars as much as possible. Um, and when I say as much as I can, um, 
I I do keep some fiat um, for liquidity, right? Like I've got I've got bills to pay, and that's you know prohibitively difficult to do with Bitcoin at the moment, um, and and you know and other things to to spend my money on. That's prohibitively difficult in Bitcoin at the moment. So I I keep a little bit, you know, I I keep what's necessary to stay liquid um, in fiat, and the rest I convert to crypto. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it was another one of those things where, you know, I was like, you know, you, you had clear instructions. You're like, you're, you're acting as an agent on my behalf, you know, to, <laughs> to buy this Bitcoin and you're not even following directions, right? This is, this is not, if you want to, if you want to wait with your own personal money for it to come crashing down to four, um, and I'm not even saying, you know, I, I, I never, throughout the discussion with her, I never, I never said that you were wrong or that I disagreed with UMC on like what the price could be. I said, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a completely different strategy than the one I'm implementing. All I want is crypto. I don't care. I don't care if it's four or eight or six or anywhere in between. I just don't want to be holding us dollars uh, for the most part, you know? So if you want to hold it, you know, if you want to hold, um, your, your cash, your fiat until it goes down to four, then by all means do so. Uh, but for me, I just, I just want to buy in. So will you please just take the money that I'm giving you and just, and you know, dollar cost it out or whatever you want to do it, just buy the damn crypto, you know, please. Otherwise, otherwise I'm going to have to find someone else to do it because you're no longer, you know, you're no longer, uh, representing me as an agent in this transaction. Um, so hopefully, so hopefully she's doing, and that's the other thing too, right? Like, We've talked about this before. Um, I'm not. I I I I respect, and I'm I'm genuinely envious um, of of your crypto holdings position, MC. Um, <laughs> however, right? I I don't I don't I never even cared about that. Like I've always been, I've always been more. I I you know got into the crypto thing because it's fun, um, because it's it's an anarchistic thing to do. Um, and I don't really, I don't even care too much about like, you know, the, the money that's been made. Like I, I have, I have weird money programs and which is one of the reasons why I gave M, um, all my crypto to hold because I think she'll do a better job managing it than I will. Um, because I don't, I don't care enough to, to do anything, you know, useful or productive with it other than just have fun, um, and play anarchist. So I, I, I let her manage it and then I don't really bother her about it. Right. I go like, well, I, I, I'm entrusting this to you, um, because I believe that you'll do a better job and I don't want to micromanage cause I, it's not something I want to think about. Um, so to find out that she wasn't even like buying the crypto was, you know, was like, okay, do I really, do I really have to start paying attention to it now? Or, or, you know, can, can we move past this where you just do what I say to do? And then you can, you know, once you've bought it, then you can play around in the alts and do whatever you want to do with the tradings or whatever. But you know, with, with my part of it, we at least just buy the fucking tokens, you know, and then, and, and, and get it out of fiat instead of holding onto the money in, in the hopes that it'll come crashing down even further uh, at some point, And then you'll like do some big buy or whatever, like just, just, you know, be, be the agent <laughs> and then have fun with it later. It was my general point. And so hopefully, you know, I, she's taking money, from me since we've had that conversation hopefully she's like you know knowing her role uh when it comes to that and and you know buying me more of the crypto because hopefully you know um remember that old um there was like a matrix meme where it's like are you saying that you know at some point in the future i can cash my bitcoin in for millions 
He's like, what I'm right. telling you, Neo, is like, when the time comes, you won't have to. Like, that's all. That's always been my philosophy. You know, like once, once I saw it, once I saw it encapsulated in that meme, I went, yeah, that's about right. You know, we if 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 the goal is to get out of fiat, then let's just get out of fiat. Let's stop using let's stop using their money um, as much as possible. Like I said, you know, liquidity being one thing. Um, but at some point, you know, at some point I'll have, you know, more liquidity, uh, in Bitcoin than I will in fiat. Fiat will be like all oh, the, the, the leftovers I have to leave for the, that one asshole that won't take payment in Bitcoin. Right. And then eventually stop, just find someone else who will and stop doing business with that guy. Um, but that's, you know, that's, that's always been my goal, um, and my outlook on it. And I just, I don't care enough. Like, I don't care. It's weird. Cause I don't care enough about money in general to like to really get bogged down in you know the the price or what's it trading at or what the alts are um yeah it's just yeah i'm definitely i'm definitely i like to play with it i like to gamble i like i know you do that's fucking within you that's well within your personality structure though but it's it's a little bit it's a little bit different now now i now i don't get so emotional about it and that's actually really good for my bottom line too because I used to be a really emotional trader, and now I'm just like, yeah, it's high, sell a little bit. Oh, it's low, buy a little bit. And so, uh, the amount of times that I they I make profit on on trades drastically improved um, when when you're not an emotional trader. Yeah. Um, part part of the problem is when 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 you're trading and you don't have a lot of money, you tend to go like all in way you know too often, right? And, uh, and then you don't have any, any wiggle room to play around. Like once, like once you go all in at, at Bitcoin at 10,000 and then it goes down to seven, well, what do you do? You have absolutely no more money. So that puts you in a position where all you can do is sell. And, and because you get emotional, then you think, oh, well, I'm going to sell at 7,000. Maybe I'll buy back at six. Maybe it hits six. Maybe it doesn't, you know? So, so then it goes back and then you go, oh, well. I was I was gonna buy back at six, went back to ten, and and so that that puts you you know out of the the, the, yeah. the wave you know that's going up and down, and once you get out of it, it's it's hard to get back in. So then you mortgage um, a house. Yeah, which might be a good thing to do. Uh, there's there was a, a guy that was famous because he he sold all his possessions and his house and took his family and you know went out to the woods. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know for a while you know, for the, you know, six months or whatever, he, he did really good. So I don't know if he, you know, sold any of his crypto to, uh, you know, when he was up 10 times uh, to, to buy a, you know, 10 times bigger house or not. I don't know, but um, you know, it's one of those things, you know, it's, it's, it's very volatile and uh, it won't be like, it won't be like that forever. Um, it, you know, it'll, it'll find some price um, hopefully, you know, thousands of times higher than it is now but um yeah there's there's trillions of dollars out there there's, and they're printing trillions more and uh so yeah it's good good to have some competition i think see when i when i talk to cosmo um you know outside of the show his concern his concern is that up until 2017 uh, bitcoin was a relatively unknown commodity to the general public like it was it was it was it was here and there and so all the all these spikes all the runs and all the crashes 
um, kind of happened under the radar. And the 2017 uh, run and crash was so large and so public um, that his fear is that the general public has already lost confidence in Bitcoin and in crypto in general. And no. therefore, the, if it does settle in, it'll, it won't even settle anywhere near the current all-time high. No, that's not true. But um, there, there is no general public uh, involvement in, in Bitcoin. There, there are people that were drawn into it for speculation because the price was going up and that's why they bought it. Um, and that's and that's why you know when people argue is is Bitcoin a bubble or not, and and I would say yeah, it's it's a bubble, um, but it's also more than that. Uh, it's it's also uh, like digital gold, so it's a, you know kind of like a commodity. Um, it's uh, and and so it, and it's it's even more than that too. So it's a it's a it's a me- method of exchange, and it's um, it's a, a way to say it. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's many things rolled into one, but um, identifying bubbles is, I mean, at, and that, that's the thing, like the, the people who have been around Bitcoin long enough have seen it over and over. And so the new people that come, they're coming in, they're, they're all afraid. We call them noobs, right? Right. So if you're a Bitcoin noob, then, <laughs> then yeah, this is all scary. But if you're a veteran, you've been through a couple bubbles. It's like, yeah, who cares? Like doesn't matter even if you bought it at 15 grand or 20 grand uh, who cares just you know don't sell it for less than you bought it for for number one <laughs> you might have to wait a little while but you know yeah i think i think well i think part of that was the general fear that if you bought it if you bought it close to or at the all-time high um there may not be another run that surpasses that right he he even yeah, be, because I, it was because it was made so public, right? Like even even noobs, if they're not in now and are looking to get in, are aware of the 2017 run and crash, and therefore. Well, that's you know, the thing. There's so many people that that have heard about it now, and that f- feel good about not not buying into the hype because, you know, that they're just bystanders, right? And so it went. It's it's become it would be, it has become so uh, so. Uh, popular on you know media and stuff like that so everybody knows about it but not everybody was in it so the next time it does get close to twenty thousand, well guess what it's going to go higher than twenty thousand because that much more popular everybody saw it what happened last time everybody's going to be well maybe i should do it this time you know um and another thing is there keeps increasing number of ways to get into bitcoin so whether it's through like the stock market or um, other investment opportunities. Um, there's there's other ways to buy into it. So as it becomes easier to get into Bitcoin, there's going to be a lot more people to just try it out. You know, and uh, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Anything else? So yeah, it's definitely not over yet. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know what else you want to talk about. Um, the only other thing that I had for this week was um, uh, an update uh, on my adventures in Legal Land. Uh, frustrating, frustrating day on Thursday, um, in court because you, you try to, you try to do the right thing, um, and you lose anyway. Right. So, um, Thursday was a, a pretrial hearing to have, uh, evidence suppressed in my driving without a license case. 
Um, and the evidence that uh, we were trying to suppress was the speeding ticket and the uh, failure to signal uh, while changing lanes ticket. Uh, because if those things got suppressed, then that would eliminate the, um, the reason to stop me. And therefore, he couldn't have asked for my driver's license. And therefore, that one would get thrown out automatically. Um, so there, were, there was testimony um, by, you know, the, the cop and myself. Um, and, man, some, I, I talked to the public defender afterwards. I'm like, what could I have done differently or better? Right? Because I feel like I lost because I just I, I didn't have enough practice or coaching or didn't rehearse uh, my answers well enough. Uh, but at the same time, right, like d- despite what you say about it, like I went up there to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, um, from my perspective, right? Like as far, as far as I seen it. Um, so number one, the, the cop testified that I was, um, like going faster than 65 miles an hour, um, and changing lanes from like the left lane to the right lane, um, on a two lane highway. Right. That was, that was his general, like without, without using my blinker. Um, that was, that was the, the gist of his testimony. Um, and they, they get me on the stand. They go like, well, how fast were you going? Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember how fast this was like November, man. You know, I, 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 I may have accelerated to get to pass a car, you know, when the lane merged from right to left, not left to right on a three lane highway on a three lane part of the highway, not a two lane part of the highway. Um, and I was never in the left lane. Like I don't, I never, I never once entered the left lane. So it was, you know, completely, you know, completely, um, falsifications on the officer's part. Um, and I don't even think I was going 65. Like that sounds fast to me, um, uh, on that part of the highway. Like for, for UMC, it was, uh, coming up the poly. Um, which is, you know, the, the posted speed limit is 45. Um, and number one, no one goes 45, but you can't say that in court, right? Like that's, you know, that's definitely a giveaway. So I didn't, you know, but I, I, but I don't know how fast I was going. I was keeping up with the flow of traffic and then I accelerated to, to make it around the car when my lane ended, right? Like I, that was, it was a safety precaution, if anything, um, to, to not, you know, merge directly into the car, you know, driving parallel to me. So anyway, so they, they held that against me and the turn signal, like, I don't remember if I use my turn signal, but you know, so, uh, you know, so when I answered, I said, I don't recall. Um, but I use my turn signal so much. Right. And I get on people's cases when I'm the passenger in the car so often for not fucking signaling. Cause I hate that shit. Right. Like if, if someone, if someone in front of me doesn't signal, like I'm livid. Right. And I, I, I fucking signal so much on a moped even that it's, it's unfathomable for me to think that I didn't use my signal when moving right to left, not even left to right. Um, that, that there's no way that I didn't, but do I recall specifically? No, I don't recall specifically. I just, I just know I use my turn signal all the time. And so, you know, I had to have done it that time. Um, and then we lost, right? Like they said, no, 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 because, because you don't remember basically. Um, and because you said you accelerated, you know, um, the officer had reasonable suspicion to stop you, right? As as if any car that accelerates to, to change lanes safely, right, is automatically a suspect, 
um, you know, for, for, for a stop, right? Like that's, that was the, that was the general idea that I got from the judge's decision, right? Like if, if you accelerate a little bit to change lanes, um, you know, when, when you're lane or not even to change lanes, to merge lanes, if you accelerate a little bit to merge lanes, uh, you're susceptible to get pulled over, right? If, if you're going, if you're going, you know, uh, if you're, if you're not using your turn signal, uh, when the lane ends, right, let's a merged lane anyway, but you don't signal, you're susceptible to get pulled over. Um, and I know, you know, personal firsthand knowledge of driving on that highway, um, number one, nobody drives the speed limit up there. Um, and I know this because I'm usually on a moped going the speed limit because that's as fast as that sucker will go. And people blow by me and no one's getting pulled over by, you know, pulled over for, for passing me by. Right. And I know that, you know, um, because I'm getting passed all the time that no one's using their turn signal when they cut back in front of me, um, to, to get back in, you know, their preferred lane. And I drive in the right lane uh, on the moped. So I'm not like, I'm not in the fast lane anyway. Um, that, that, that all of those people are now susceptible, uh, to be stopped by the police, um, for, for, for nothing other than, you know, for nothing other than that. Um, and I, you know, I wanted to call, I got a little livid after the fact, but not, not, um, not, not for those issues, but I, you know, so I talked to the public defender afterwards. I'm like, what, what else could I have done? Right. Like, I feel, I feel like I, if I had answered the questions, if I had lied on the stand and said like, nope, right to left, use my turn signal, never exceeded the speed limit. Right. That, that would, that, that wouldn't have been like a credible answer, right? That, that, like that would have easily sounded like a lie because they're going to take the officer's word over mine anyway, right? Like I, I didn't even want to testify to begin with, but the, you know, the public friend was like, well, it's your word versus his. So if you don't even say a word, then his automatically ruled. I'm like, well, God damn it. Well, all right, then I'll go up, the, I'll go up there and answer, you know, truthfully to the best of my knowledge. Um, but how is it that this guy remembers all the little specific details from, you know, what is it? six, eight months ago, almost nine months ago, you know, and he got the, he got the color of my car wrong. And I, I should have pointed that out to the public defender. Um, you know, when, when he was cross examining, but I, you know, he's like the, the silver car. It's like, dude, it's a black Cadillac, man. Like you, you, you don't, you, you got the color of the car wrong. You got the lane change wrong. You know, you got, you got the number of lanes on the highway wrong. Um, you know, where the, where the infraction occurred. Um, yet because I said, I don't recall, you know, that's, that's basically what was held against me, uh, in my opinion. Um, so a little bit frustrated there. So, um, you know, win, win some, lose some. So this is now, uh, going to go to trial. Um, but I got the public defender's office to withdraw from the case after we got that ruling. So the, the, the next step, um, what they won't do is file a motion to demand a jury trial for me, um, which I believe we covered here before, right? The, the sixth amendment being what it is and all that, all that fun stuff. Um, I gave a letter to the, the substitute public defender the last time I was there. And, you know, this public defender had the letter and he said he wouldn't file it, uh, as part of a motion. I said, well, then I want it read into the record. Like I want, you know, I brought my copy. So if I'm, if I'm going to speak, I'm going to read that into the record at some point. Cause I want it documented, uh, in some form or fashion, um, you know, my, the, the whole case that I've, 
laid out for myself. And he said that uh, he wouldn't do it. So I got to go back in a month um, with what they call um, conflict counsel or something like that. So now I get now I get the real um, constitutionally appointed, um, you know, counsel. Not the not the public defender's office. I get the the you know if uh, if you cannot afford one, an attorney will be provided to you, guy, uh, instead of the public defender's office. So I have to wait a month, um, then go back and check in on that, and hopefully uh, we'll see what happens. Because the the last time that happened, we got the case dismissed before that counsel had the had the opportunity to with, resign from the case. Um, but I got to get with him, get him that letter. Um, with all of all of these citations and whatnot, and and my case, and I want to I want to read I want to read a couple of things um, to you, MC, because this was this was part of my letter, um, and and the public defender, right, who you would think would know better, um, had no idea. So in in my in part of my letter, uh, I, the 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 first premise that I laid out was that there is no corpus delicti. Um, There's no victim, there's no damage, and therefore the case should be dismissed with prejudice. And the public defender goes like, that's not how it works. I go, sure it is. Like if, if there's no, if there's no damage and no victim, then there's no crime. He's like, who told you that? I'm like, that's, that's the fucking, that's like the definition, man. Like, where are you? He's like, well, that's not the definition. Like, what's your definition? I, I told him my definition. He's like, where'd you get that from? Like I'm fucking paraphrasing it, but it's in, it's in a law dictionary. Like if you look it up. You know, and he goes, well, there's plenty of crimes without victims and without damage. And I'm like, you know, like what? He's like, well, drunk driving DUI. I'm like, I would fucking fight that this way too, man. If you gave me a DUI and there's no victim and no damage, you better believe I'm going to bring forth the same defense that I am now. Cause that's also bullshit, you know? And she's like, well, that's just not how it works. So I'm going to read this, um, to you, MC, um, corpus delecti from, you know, uh, from, any law dictionary. Um, however, this is an app on my phone or on my, on my tablet, um, because those apps are available now for free. Uh, the body of a crime, the person or object, which the crime is committed or the prima facie showing that a person or object was the victim of a crime, a necessary element for conviction, including the occurrence of some injury and some criminal act. So there, there must be a crime, right? And there must be injury. Um, and uh, the further implication that's not in this definition is that there must be redressability by the court. Like that's, that's part of it. So some injury and some criminal act two 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 elements, uh, that the state must have, uh, in order to prosecute any criminal conviction, right? A necessary element of conviction. They can't convict without it. And yet they don't have, uh, they don't have injury or, or damages, um, for me, not drive for me driving without a license. Um, and he's saying, and he's saying, no, that that's, that's not how it works. Um, and yet the, and yet there it is. And, and, um, the, the sixth amendment, like the, the first four words of the sixth amendment, um, is like uh, in all criminal cases, right? In all criminal cases. And so I go, like, what kind of case is this? Is this, is this criminal? Is it civil? Like, is it common law? Like, what are we looking at here? And I've been told on new, on multiple occasions, you know, it's a criminal case and in a criminal case, in order to convict, you must have injury and damage and a victim because it says there right there, 
a necessary component for conviction, a necessary element uh, for conviction. Um, and I've got the public defender's office telling me, no, 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 that's not how it works. I go, it's like, do you, you've been to law school. I just found this app on my phone, right? You know, um, so, so we'll, we'll see if the, the next attorney, um, you know, is, is more accommodating to me. Um, and you know, I, I briefly, when we almost uh, cut the show short, I mentioned that I, I've got a, a handful of things to do this weekend. Um, one of those things is to, um, finally reach out, um, to the ACLU since this, since we weren't able to get this dismissed without, um, going to trial yet, um, to finally reach out to the ACLU, um, and see if they, if they, if they're willing to do here, what they've already done in Virginia, and that's uh, file a lawsuit against the state. Uh, because the reason I don't have a license, because I don't pay fines. It's not because I'm a bad driver. I'm like the best driver I know. Um, and I've, I've had, a, I, I've told that to people and they go, that's what a lot of people tell me. And I go, well, those people telling you that haven't met me yet, because if they met me, they'd realize that they're the second best at best, because I'm the best driver I know. Um, anyway, but it has nothing to do with my ability to operate a motor vehicle on the public roadway. It's just that I don't pay fines. I'm not giving money to the state. Um, and therefore they're telling me that I'm not allowed to use their roads and, and they can, you know, sit and swirl for a number of different reasons, uh, that we won't uh, completely get into here. Um, so that's, that's the, that's one of the next items of recourse for me is, uh, in Virginia, they, they've gotten it overturned where the state can't put stoppers for inability to pay fines. Um, and I like them to do that here because maybe just maybe if, if, if I can, if I can obtain a driver's license, um, and maintain a driver's license, you know, the, 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 the small fee, right. That it, that it takes to like purchase a driver's license may become more acceptable to me. Um, if they can't take it away from me, not paying fines, right. Cause if they find me guilty, um, this go around like, Oh, you know, driving without a license, first offense, you know, guilty. Um, I'm not going to pay that fine. You know, I'm just, I'm not going to, you know, we, we can negotiate jail time or community service or whatever, but they're not getting any money out of me. Um, but if they can't use that against me to, to stop me from getting, uh, 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 a piece of plastic that certifies me as a capable driver, right. That has nothing to do with fines being levied that have nothing to do with my driving ability. Then, then, you know, maybe, maybe I go down and get it just to avoid, you know, avoid this in the future. Um, but if they don't, well then, you know, then, then onward and forward we go dealing with this nonsense. Um, your thoughts, MC? Oh my goodness. Well, good luck with that. Um, thank you. I, <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm, I'm a license holder. I paid the fine. Um, and, uh, I don't get harassed too much, but yeah, kind of sucks when you do. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't really have much thoughts on that. Like you get, you gotta do what you gotta do. So, <laughs> well, yeah. And, and, and again, right. There's, it's, it's not, it's a weird thing because it's just like the calling the nine one one thing, right? It's, it's, there's, there's no other recourse available, right? I just, I don't want to, I give the state as little money as possible. Um, so anytime, anytime I can avoid giving them money, uh, I do so. Um, does that mean I'm a, I'm a hundred percent like state free? Well, no. Um, because you know, even we, you know, we're, we're pre-show, we were talking about like my cell phone bill, my cell phone bill has taxes and fees and all that other nonsense that your cell phone bill has on it. 
So for the privilege of, you know, being a, a customer of a private company, um, the state gets a little bit of my money through them, right? I, I go to the gas station, I fill up my car, you know, I uh, pay the gas tax. And uh, for the privilege of driving my vehicle, um, the state gets a little cut. Um, so the, it's, it's nearly, nearly uh, impossible to operate uh, in this world 100% state-free. So I, I minimize it as best I can. Um, and when they, when they fine me for what I consider frivolous things, that's basically like not having their permission slips to do things, I ignore it because, you know, like as a corpus delicti, no victim, no crime, no body of evidence, no damages. Go fuck yourself. I'm not paying you any money for this. Um, and then they're the ones that escalate, right? Because then they go like, well, if you're not going to pay us, then you're not going to have our permission to drive. I go, well, I don't, I don't need your permission to drive. I'm just going to drive anyway. Um, and then they escalate, right? They, you know, then, the, then it's, you know, first offense, second offense, third offense, jail time. Um, all for not giving them money, right? It's, 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 it's the penalty for extortion, um, as, as blatant as it can get, right? You give us the money or we'll cage you, um, has always been, you know, like the, the libertarian position. Um, and it just, it just, sometimes it just plays out a little bit longer, right? It's, it's taken them, it's taken them a while to get to the point or, you know, not even to the point yet where they're willing to throw me in a cage for not giving them money, um, but I'm, I'm dead set on proving that that's how it works, um, by not giving them money as often as possible. So yeah, most, most people, you know, will, will pay the nominal fine. Well, how much is, how much does it cost to get a license anyway? I don't even know. I have, I have no idea. Okay. Well, whatever, whatever it is. Um, I don't want to pay it. Um, number one, I don't want to pay it. And number two, I don't want to pay fines that don't, you know, that have no, uh, no victim and no damages, um, and no redressability attached to it. Like I'm not, I'm just, I'm just not there in my life. Um, so, you know, damn the consequences and we'll deal with that later. Um, now, oddly enough, I asked you like how much it is to get a license, you know, the, the other, you know, the other win some, lose some, um, for, for, for me this week was I am now, uh, you know, I was at the, at the satellite city hall, whatever. I guess that's where you go to get that kind of stuff. Cause there was like license renewals and all that other paperwork to be done. But I am now uh, legally handicapped for at least the next six years. Um, and I don't, I don't know if it was by design from my doctor, um, or a snafu by the bureaucrat at the satellite city hall office, but I was not about to argue with better parking for the next six years, especially, um, after coming off of a loss, uh, in court. I'm like, I'll, you know, take the little victories where you can get them, man. Um, so if, if you don't know, a few years ago, uh, I got hit by a car, um, uh, while riding a moped unlicensed. Um, that was the first time they, they busted me for driving without a license. Um, and I won that one, like got away with that one. So, you know, this is the second time they caught me and this is probably going to end up being their first conviction. Although crossing my fingers, um, that we get that taken care of somehow, but this officer, man, he's fucking persistent. He is there all the time. Like he's not taking a day off, um, you know, like I said, you win some, lose some. And this, this guy wants to win real bad, apparently. Cause every, every time I'm there, he's there eight months, eight months out. He still shows up to court every morning. Uh, never gets sick, never takes a day off. So that's why I'm like, my, my hopes are, my hopes are dashed a little bit on this. Um, 
but I get down, uh, you know, I get down the office and the, in, you know, turn to my paperwork to get my handicap pass, uh, my temporary handicap pass renewed. Cause it's like, it expires. I, I got six months. Um, it expires, you know, in a week from basically from today. And so I went down there to, to get another six months cause I got the forms filled out to, to renew it. Um, and the bureaucrat goes like, Oh, he's giving you a permanent one. It's like a permanent one. Really? I'll take it. You know, like I'm not, I'm not about to argue with her. Um, but I don't, I don't, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I don't think my doctor would have given me a permanent one. Like he was, when he gave me the temporary one, he said, hopefully physical therapy will get this taken care of in the next six months and you won't need, a, you won't need to renew it. Um, and this go round, the only, the only new information was that, you know, physical therapy is, uh, sort of working, but I'm also probably going to need surgery again to get the, the, the rod in my leg taken out. Cause I, they think that that's what might be causing me some pain. Um. So I'm definitely going to be like handicapped through the, through physical therapy and through the surgery and through whatever physical therapy follows up with that. Um, but I expect like another six months or so, um, and then done, right. That'll be the end. Hopefully that will be the end of my handicap, handicapped career. Uh, but no bureaucrat says six years. I'm like, huh, I'll take it, you know, little victories here and there. Um, so, you know, uh, permit i now have permission from the state uh to park close to the to, to the facility that i'm going into um and so yeah you know, e- easy parking here like um uh, the the a few weeks ago when we went to dinner mc um uh I, I don't know where you ended up parking by the restaurant but the 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 standard parking lot where you know where the most people were parking there was like a line like you know seven eight cars deep just waiting for people to exit the parking lot um, and then we drove around the line and we just talked to the guard. It was like, Hey, where do the handicapped people park? You know, she said, do you have the pass? I showed her my pass, you know, the temporary one at the time. And she goes, there's one open in here. Just come on right in. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. so, so we bypassed this line of like eight cars long and took like the last handicap stall available and like, you know, walked right in. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to being like fully recovered after the next round of surgery and physical therapy, and then still having like another five years of, of good parking, uh, in my, in my pocket, uh, b- b- before they go like, I don't think you really need this permanent one anymore. Like we're going to, we're going to take that away from you now. And so, uh, it's like, you know, just just don't say anything. Just don't say anything. Just put the stickers on, give me the placard, fill out the phone. Okay. I'm out of here. I got my pass, got my thing. Hopefully no one will see it. Hopefully the doctor won't notice it. And like, I don't know what, I don't think they do anything beyond that. Like, I don't think anyone's reviewing the paperwork, right? Like I'm crossing my fingers that no one's reviewing the paperwork. So I'm just holding, holding out hope beyond hope that that's the end of that. And I got six good years of, of good parking ahead of me. <laughs> right on. All right. Headlines. We got some time. We got like three minutes, right? Uh, I got seven minutes. You got Okay. Okay. Headline: A jogger who accidentally crossed U.S. border from B.C. detained for two weeks. Huh. Uh, headline: What? <laughs> I just, uh, oh, <laughs> she didn't know where the imaginary line was. I know. I I think we're gonna. I you know I'm gonna read through these headlines, but I think we're gonna do that one first because that's you know it's 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 so ridiculous, so so stupid. And such an illustration of how dumb, like, statism is. Um, We'll get into it. Uh, Headline, commercial society is a myth. Uh, Headline, how to fight inhumane immigration policies. Better smugglers. That's another one that, 
you know, would have been fun to get into. A headline, how progress turns scarcity into abundance. A headline, Denver contradicts itself by targeting previously tolerated cannabis tour buses. A headline, new copyright law can make current and future internet memes illegal to share. And finally, headline, BLM agent open fires on innocent couple shoot woman because ATV drove near restricted area. I'm moving that one to the front of the list too. We probably won't get to them all, um, but that one's another good one. Um, are you okay starting with the jar? Because I want to read that one, unless you have another sure. one that you really want to get to. Go for it. All right. Jogger, who accidentally crossed the U.S. border from B.C. detained for two weeks. Uh, a woman from France visiting her mom in B.C. said U.S. Border Patrol held her for crossing into Blaine, Washington. Uh, a visitor from France said she was jogging along the beach of South, Ro of, south of White Rock, B.C. Uh, when she crossed the U.S. border without realizing it. So began a two-week nightmare that landed her in a prison jumpsuit. Uh, Sedella Roman, 19, didn't know it at the time, but she ran southeast along the beach on the evening of May 21st. She crossed a municipal boundary and shortly after, an international border. Uh, as the tide started to come in, she veered up and onto a dirt path and before stopping to take a photo of the picturesque setting, she turned around to, uh, to head back and that's when she was apprehended by two U.S. Border Patrol officers. Uh, an officer stopped me and started telling me I had crossed the border illegally, she told CBC News. Uh, I told them I had not done it on purpose and I didn't understand what was happening. Sounds reasonable to me. Uh, Roman said she didn't see any signs warning her that she was crossing into the U.S. during her jog. Uh, she was informed by U.S. Customs and Border Protection officers that she had entered the country illegally, uh, which they said was captured via security cameras. Uh, I said to myself, well, I may have crossed the border, but they'll probably only give me a fine or they'll tell me to go back to Canada or they'll give me a warning. Roman, uh, Roman, a citizen of France who has traveled to Canada to visit her mother in BC and work on her English, didn't have any government issue ID or travel permits with her. Uh, her mother lives in North Delta, BC. She said the officers detained her for crossing illegally into Blaine, Washington and transferred her more than 200 kilometers south to the Tacoma Northwest Detention Center run by the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, they put me in a caged vehicle and brought me into their facility, she said. They asked me to remove all my personal belongings with my jewelry. They searched me everywhere. Uh, then, I understood I was getting the, uh, then I understood it was getting very serious, and I started to cry a bit. Uh, a mother's panic. Uh, Roman said she was able to contact her mother, uh, Christiane Fern, who rushed to the detention center to provide officers with documents, uh, including her passport and study permits. Uh, Fern said workers on site told her she had to present the documents to Immigration, immigration Canada to determine if Roman was eligible to be discharged back to Canada. Uh, Roman was held in custody for two weeks before immigration officials on both sides of the border confirmed she was allowed back into Canada. She was then transferred back into B.C. Uh, it was just unfair that there was nothing, no sign at the border, said Fern, who visited her daughter several times while she was detained. It's like a trap. Anybody, anybody can be caught at the border like this. Uh, processed accordingly. Uh, U.S. government documents shared with CBC News confirmed Roman was discharged from the U.S. on June 6th, immigrations, uh, on June 6th by Immigration and Custom Enforcement. Uh, CBC News called U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement and Immigration Canada. Neither agency would comment on Roman's case, citing privacy concerns. 
Uh, a spokesperson for U.S. Customs and Border Protection said that anyone who enters the U.S. outside an official port of entry and without inspection has crossed the border illegally and will be processed accordingly. Uh, this applies regardless of whether or not the individual claims to have inadvertently crossed the border, uh, said the department in a statement. Uh, it is the responsibility of the individual traveling in the vicinity of an international border to maintain awareness of their surroundings and their locations at all times to ensure that they do not illegally cross the border. Additionally, it's important that pe for people traveling near the border to carry identification at all times so that agents or officers can easily verify their identity. Uh, the family is unsure if Roman would be allowed back into the United States. Uh, your thoughts on this, MC? <laughs> Uh, I think I already mentioned. I think it's it's silly. It's um, so the, stupid. The, 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 the imaginary line was was crossed, and uh, so someone lost two two weeks of the, their life, and they 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 uh, they were you know searched and uh, harassed, and um, yeah, just a horrible situation. Crossed crossed illegally and accidentally, and they bust her as she was like crossing back again, right? Like it's 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 not like she like made her way into the United States after that and like proceeded onward, right? She was like on her way back to where she came from, um, and they went, no, 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 you're not allowed to be here. And then what do they do? They take her further in, right? Right. Like if they if if a Canadian wolf crossed over the international border into the United States, they probably just like carry it back over the border and release it back into Canada. Right, but no, you know, uh, 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 you know, female human being gets transferred all the way down to the, you know, a, a whole different city. Uh, two hundred—I don't even know that the the what is it the, the conversion is for two hundred kilometers away. But they take her all the way down into you know into another city into Tacoma to hold her there, um, when they could have just said, "Oh yeah, okay, we 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 under we're we're sympathetic to the situation." Right. Be careful where you're running, if anything, because even that's stupid. Right. At one point in the article, she says, you know, um, I thought that she thought that they were just going to give her a fine or any or, or something, you know, something similar to that. And well, even that's stupid. Right. You, you're running along a beach, you cross a border and then you run back like no harm, no foul, <laughs> man. You know, like I, 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 I tripped and fell into my neighbor's yard and then I went back to my house, you know. I got like pulled it, it, over in in Canada, and uh, I was I was speeding pretty pretty bad, um, and basically the, the cop was like, he didn't he didn't do anything he didn't arrest me obviously, um, but he he just told me to leave and don't come back. <laughs> leave Canada or just leave the, the yeah. area? Leave Canada. Like I was, I told him yeah I'm, I'm on my way home to Missouri, and he's like all right don't come back. <laughs> <laughs> Like all right, sir, I won't. <laughs> See, and 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 you know, give, given the circumstance, to me that seems reasonable, right? Like I don't, I don't, I don't care how fast you're going, MC. I don't think you should have been stopped or harassed for for speeding either, because that's you know, there, there's still no victim and no damage and no redressability uh, in that matter. Um, but the, the the just just let you be on your way. Just go get out of here. Right. Yeah. Okay. You accidentally, you accidentally crossed into Blaine, Washington, yeah. uh, go back to BC and you know, that, that'd be the end of it. Next, so next time thing is coming to the, the port. The, re the reason why I was speeding so bad was because I was, I was cruising down the highway going, you know, normal speeds. 
and uh, this little, uh, you know, race rocket car, whatever, uh, Japanese car with four <laughs> Japanese, four Japanese guys rolled up next to me. And then they flashed their guns at me. <laughs> I oh. was in their, ter- their territory, apparently. I was like, uh, I'm getting away from you guys. <laughs> just okay. Off, right? <laughs> I thought they just wanted to race. And so, and so, yeah, so I got pulled over and I didn't want to be like, I'm running because somebody's chasing me with guns. Like, I just wanted to leave, you know? Like, I didn't want to, like, make him think I was making up some crazy story because it was crazy. It was really crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Like, who does that? (laughs) Who rolls up to somebody and flashes? (laughs) (laughs) With, like, Uzis and handguns and stuff. I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Especially fucking Asians in Canada. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like, gangs and stuff are are kind of popular in Canada and different, different, uh, uh, ra- racial gangs and stuff. Okay. So, you know, you got the, the French people and they're, they're all, uh, call it very, uh, nationalistic. Um, even though I can, not, I not can about, see that with French people, but Asians, like that's not even yeah, their country. Yeah. Well, because of yeah, origin, because, well, the French made their group. And so any, any other group has to make their own group. Right. So okay. it's like one yeah, of those, whatever things. you get, you got collectivism and it just makes more collectivism. That's why I fight against collectivism. It's, it's stupid. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it, for, for some people it's fun and they, 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 uh, gain, uh, confidence and so much confidence that they can just their weapons, uh, at, um, guys from Missouri driving their Honda Civic, you know, down the highway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so stupid so so stupid but and just as bad as the cops right i mean the 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 thin blue gang versus the the you know the ricer gang or whatever um same idea you're you're in you're in their territory they they're the ones with the guns so you do what they say or you know get the hell out of there but you can't run from a cop because yeah. then you know yeah definitely so i figured when i sped off i, I was thinking to that my, to myself too i was like well i'm gonna try going faster and see what they do so i went faster and they didn't keep up with me and I, i'm assuming because if they would have got pulled over uh that would have been a big problem you know oh yeah the cops you know the gang against the gang so so i think i made the right move in that in that situation but I, yeah i did get pulled over and you know, had to you know keep my cool yeah. and be like you know, just just trying to get just trying to get home like just yeah. fast as possible trying to get home <laughs> safely i gotta take a dump jesus I think the, the the last thing from this article that I want to I point, point on before we wrap up here is the family's unsure if Roman would be allowed back in the United States. Like, why would you even want to, right? At that point, like, if I, if I was treated so ridiculously by uh, agents of any other state, right? Like, I just I wouldn't want to be there, right? I don't I don't want to be here um, because of, because of how stupid it is, um, and yet there's like there's not a lot of places to go where I can expect to be treated any better because, like you said. Uh, MC, the the collectivism and the statism is so prevalent and so pervasive in the world that there's there's like there's no place to go. I mean, really, there's no place to go. So anyone that says like you know go to Somalia or go wherever, it's like no, there's there's no place to go. You just you got to like make a stand. Um, you got to make a stand and and you know stand up for what you believe and and whatever like where you are um, or move to someplace better. Like I'm not I'm not against moving. Um, for improvements, but there's, there's no place to go to like, to get rid of it all. 
Um, and we, we've talked about move here projects in the past, so I don't want to get into that, but I'm definitely, I'm always a big fan of that. I'm always a big fan of seasteading. As, as soon as there's a place to go, um, where it's, you know, it's, there's, there's no state, no, in, no, no ruler influence. Um, you know, fucking sign me up. Final thoughts. No, I'm good. Thanks. All right. That'll do it for us then. Uh, thank you very much for listening. You guys know where to find us, uh, anarchistexperience.com, facebook.com slash anarchistexperience. Uh, if you want to join in on discussions, do it in the groups, facebook.com slash groups slash anarchistexperience. Uh, get on the Twitters, uh, twitter.com slash theanarchistexp. Uh, and if you want to contribute to the show financially, do it through Patreon, patreon.com slash theanarchistexperience. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.